In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you're listening to Ideal Remake. Alright guys, welcome to this episode of Ideal Remake. We were just chatting normally, and then I made it superficial, so I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm sorry that you did that thing and made it superficial. It's, yeah. it's all right. Introduce yourselves. Let's uh, let's have people know whose voice is saying what. Oh, fantastic. Uh, from the internet, from the hit band, The Double Clicks, from several podcasts, it's Angela M. Weber. That's me. Hi, everybody. Hi, I didn't prepare where I'm from, but okay. um, New York and Connecticut. Excellent. <laughs> Meredith yes. Hackman. Oh, excellent. <laughs> so, uh, Angela and Meredith, I met you two uh, back in, I guess, technically at the end of December, but really in January when we were working for the final successful run, <laughs> the the closing number of the Sunday sketch series at iOS. Correct. We did. We closed it out. Where and we did so good. It was such a good team. Yeah. I was impressed by We us. were the best. We were. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone should know that. <laughs> yeah. The best people ever at a now defunct theater. <laughs> it will we, live on in our memories. That's yeah. true. And also it will probably become a club of some sort. Right. Yeah. I mean, oh. the bar's all set up. It's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, Angela's doing her own mic work. I was going to turn down my headphones and then I realized I may not. I may mess everything up. But yeah, so I'm not going to. <laughs> You're just so confident pressing buttons, man. Yeah. Angela does her own podcasts and knows how to do these things. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I don't. (laughs) I just wanted to make it a real podcast where we talk about the headphones and the buttons on the table. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's how podcasts work. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's talk about The Matrix. (laughs) Superficiality. So... I'm so mad that Speaking we have to remake the Matrix because I know I picked it and then I watched it and I was like, I don't want to remake this. It's a good movie. I kind of had that same problem too. Yeah. The the reason the Matrix was on the list is because it's one of those movies that there's kind of talk that they're going to redo it. Oh, I, no. I don't remember who was attached to it. If I'd been smart, I'd have looked it up ahead of time. But <laughs> there is talk that they're going to be remaking the Matrix. And I kind of filed this the same way I filed Princess Bride. Yeah. Maybe don't remake this movie. Yeah. I disagree. I fundamentally so excited. I uh, rewatching it, I was just like, you know what? I think it is more relevant now than it was when it was released. Yes, and furthermore, uh, I assume that like preteens won't be wearing as many long leather coats when it's remade, so it won't like uh, trouble me at the time. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Is it because you couldn't connect to the uh, long coated? People? No, it's because I connected to them too well. <laughs> oh, all right. That's so I was fair. like, I'm spending all my time with long leather coated men, gentlemen. Yeah. 13 year old gentlemen. I, or saw, I saw a long leather coated person in LA for like the first time in a long time the yeah. other day. Because the Matrix is just on everybody's tongue. It's on everybody's mind. Also, days. it's a desert and you shouldn't wear those here. No. Right. I, I grew up in Tucson, Arizona, so long coats weren't really on the menu. But you did it anyway? No. Oh. Did you wear shiny clothes once you'd earned them? Right. By proving yourself? I never really earned them. Oh, okay. How do you prove yourself in Tucson, Arizona? Is there like a fight club situation? Based on when I originally saw this movie and what we were doing at the time, it was by being really good at GoldenEye 007 on the N64. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. a good thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those, those guys were hats. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was the first time you saw this movie? Because you, you've both seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we had the box set of the DVDs, but it came out in 2000, right? That was the... 1999. Yeah, but it was like probably on DVD in 2000. Yeah. I re- well, it, it was kind a- of the, the 2000 movie, I feel like. It yeah. was like the... Because it wasn't a, a financial success when it was in theaters, but it became successful once it went out on DVD. Really? Yeah. So I feel like maybe that's why my relationship to this movie is so bizarre, because I feel like I saw two and three before seeing one, oh, which really wow. colored the way I saw one. Yeah. Because in my brain, I just, I'd just just been thinking about three, and then I watched one, and I was like, oh, that none of that happened <laughs> originally. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was... Um, yeah, that's so different. That's yeah. so, so interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think my dad had the DVD, and we watched it at, in my home. I definitely saw one first, but I owned two and three first, mm. yeah. and then got rid of them, because I'm perfectly happy striking two and three from the record. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was discussing that with my husband when we watched this. I was like, it's so much better than two and three, but like, and there was some interesting stuff, like especially when you watch the first one and you see how they planted stuff mm-hmm. for the later movies. I don't know. 
There are a lot of good ideas. Yeah. They just get executed and just get... I think their budget was too high. Yeah. And so part of what I find so interesting about the first one is, like, what they make do with where they kind of, like, squirrel away the money. Mm. Yeah. Because do you guys know the story of, like, the original budget for what The Matrix was going to be? Tell us, Sam. I can't say I know about the original budget, Sam. So I don't know what it actually was, but what the uh, the Wachowskis did. <laughs> Wait, if you set up. Do you want to know about the original budget? And then you said, I don't know. Well, I, the, the actual num- <laughs> the actual number doesn't matter. But but what, what they did was they used that budget to shoot that entire opening sequence with Trinity, where she's on the phone and they do the things That's where she leaps in the air and yeah. they spin yeah. around her. Basically, all of that leading up to the truck driving through the phone booth, and they used the budget that had been allotted to them for an entire movie for just that three, four-minute sequence. Oh, wow. I don't think you're supposed to do that. They basically did that anyway <laughs> and then said, here's what we, got, we want to do. More money, please. Mm. I mean, that's that's a good it's a good sequence. It, yeah. It's a ballsy move. I think that, like, that's the way you get more money, right? You're yeah. like, it's gone. It's done. Yeah, it's done. Confidence. You want the rest of this movie? <laughs> We're going to do something you ain't never thought of. <laughs> I mean, because that's the, it's called, like, every time it's been made fun of, it's like the Matrix move where, like, Someone freezes midair and the camera rotates yeah. and everything's happening. Yeah, which yeah. We I, know what the Matrix move is, Sam. Bullet time. But it takes, like, what, 15 cameras to do that? Yeah. Does it really? Yeah. I thought it was just one guy running around real fast. No? It's, like, on a little slider. I remember we had the Matrix Revisited, which is the making of the Matrix documentary. Whoa. Oh, my God. I haven't watched it in 20 years or however long ago this movie came out. I guess 10 years. But, like, I rem- that's mm-hmm. they have the bullet time, like... It's like a little green screen, little circular booth, and they have a camera and it like shoots around the little. Wow. Yeah. It's That's cool. pretty cool. 19 yeah. years, right? It came out in 2000? Yeah. 18 yeah, years. Yeah, but I probably had that. 18, I watched years. that after the third one came out, so. Oh, got it. The Let's do math. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 a comment as a listener of the podcast, I was listening to it and I was wondering if you sped it up. But there is just a high energy where everyone talks really fast while recording this podcast. And also, sometimes I speed it up a little bit. Really? Well, when... It's it's, it's a little bit stressful to listen to. It's like everyone's talking so quick. I like My... I like the feedback like the feedback on the podcast during the podcast. I think that's yeah. good. Yeah, well, I was just noticing how fast <laughs> What else talks. could Sam improve about the podcast? Well, I don't think it's bad. When we were making the podcast, Mike very much believed it should fit within an hour. Yeah. Oh. I never believed that as much, but... It's, yeah. but and so because of that we might have like we might commit like an hour five and so we'd spit it up speed it up by five Sam's a high energy person though yeah he is a high energy so, person but that's the problem because I naturally <laughs> talk so fast yeah. all of a sudden it seems crazy but you're I'm also gonna talk like really a, slow to emphasize how quickly you talk you're an, you're an actively <laughs> chill person I'm really not but something about being around <laughs> the two of you is really chilling me out I'm, I'm like, so good. sorry it's great it's am the, I at Sam's level it's the M&M's with uh, Meredith's face on them. Yeah. I gave it M&M's with my face on them so people would remember me. <laughs> I like that you don't mention that it also has your fiancé's face on it. I them. did mention it had my fiancé's face on it, but the podcast not when you, not when you pitched home, it to me. Oh, I didn't? I pitched it to them. Then we were about to start the podcast. I didn't have time to mention my fiancé's face. <laughs> I figured you'd notice there were two faces and be like, well, meeting some dude, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's good. I love it. Yeah, tangents. Uh, Sorry. It's not what your podcast is, and I know it, and I'm sorry. Well, speaking of what my podcast is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Matrix is one of those movies that's so heavily in its time, and it's yeah. so influenced everything that's come after it, that I kind of had the same problem of watching yeah. it. Let's say they remake this movie. How do you do that again? I'm ready to tell you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think it is challenging because there are so many movies that are so influenced by The Matrix. Like, making The Matrix... If you made The Matrix for the first time after Ready Player One came out, right. like, it would be just, like, weird and bad. But don't you think that we're more prepared to create, like, I don't know, interesting artistic like dynamics made with technology? Yeah. I think we, we are. But how do you like? You're saying how do you make such a change? Well, in the, the matrix. Like part of what makes the matrix the, the part of what makes the matrix the matrix is the fact the, the entire act one of the movie The Matrix is them going, "What's the matrix? Right? Yeah. Do you know what the matrix is? We know what the matrix is, and so they that entire act one is gone if you're remaking the movie. It's you basically have to start with. So there's a Matrix. Cool. Got it. Let's yeah, move on. we all already are so prepared for the Matrix right now. I think that n- people weren't as much. So when it came out, it was more of a big deal. 
I don't know. I was when I was rewatching, I was just like, I want to hear more about these people batteries. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. They just kind of like mention that people are batteries now, and then they're like moving on. Mm-hmm. No. No, did I watch they, the wrong movie? No, you, you did. Watching oh, the right great. Movie. I really like that you're up for remaking it. I think it's going to yeah. make for an interesting podcast. I'm, I agree. Well, I mean, when you when you chimed in and said this is what you wanted to do, I could uh, tell we had opposing I know, I'm mindsets. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I want to hear more of this backstory. I want to understand more of this AI world. And like, I don't necessarily need to know how they got there. Yeah. But what are they fighting against? What's the purpose of the Matrix? And like, is it actually a negative thing which is something they grapple with in the movie yeah. but I think something yeah. that needs to be explored more for me personally yeah I was like I need less of this like you know pretentious talk about like what the world is I get it I get what the matrix is already mm-hmm. I need more of like the why like why is this a battle that's going on so then my question to you is most of the movie as it is now is basically is spent inside the matrix right we're kind of in the the Nebuchadnezzar which is their ship mm-hmm which is a fun name, even though no one ever remembers that's the name of the ship. I certainly I don't. wrote it down nice. so that I'd remember. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, the Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> and, uh, but for the remake, Meredith, are you suggesting that you want to spend more time in the, quote, real world? Yeah. In the background cool. of it? Cool. That's the, the sequels, Vito. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I'm talking about the background yeah, real no, world. Yeah, no, I like the background idea. Yeah. I like that, because, yeah, I think especially now we're getting closer to where that that future right more than the peak of human civilization in mm-hmm. 1999 which i think we are past <laughs> and i don't think the matrix will be made set in 2018 no it's made no, in no. 1999 still it's still, <laughs> still, it's still, it's still so that's my next question yeah. do you want this movie set in the 90s yes or do you want so you want a 1990s kind of like punk black jacket black sunglasses or do you want kind of like a retro futurist like 50s yeah. era futurism. That's Ooh. my question when I was watching this. Is like when we remake this movie, are there smartphones? That's a good question. One of the big things in the movie is they have those phones. There's this big thing where Neo <laughs> pulls the cell phone out and yeah. he pushes the button. And it's so slides fun. open and we just like okay, <laughs> sure. My the tidbit that my husband provided while watching this movie is that apparently they made those movies those phones, but they never released them in the U S. because they had too much radiation or something. <laughs> oh man, Ugh, the U S. is so rude, not yeah. allowing radiation phones. They're just, they're too dangerous. But like I thought that the technology that freaked me out the most in in a way that I was like, oh, this feels old was when they were removing the bug from his body. Yeah. And they bring out like a giant like pyramid and place it on his chest. I was like, if there was a mechanical bug in his body, they'd be like That scene still freaks me out. I love that. Really? I mean the fact that the bug is that big is old. Now it's all nanobites are infesting the whatever. And yeah. But that scene where they have to have this giant massive contraption, that's super freaky. Crazy. Yeah. They but don't I, need it anymore. But, but I'd love to know freaky. what the version of that is right now. Like, and if it's all taking place in the 90s, can we do a version of it that still is big, that still is strange? Well, it's not, they're not tracking him in the real world, like now, where you right. could just, you're, they're tracking them, him as a piece of code inside the Matrix. Right. So I think they could still need, like, a giant ass thing. Yeah. To, like, track him and in the they... code world. <laughs> Science. If we do Science. use nanobytes, though, like nanobytes are in the nanobots, system. Nanobots, right. excuse me, you're correct. Thank you. But uh, I want to use nanobytes, which is just like a tiny little bite. Just, just latch on like a bite. bite. But if they, he, he is infested with nanobots, mm-hmm. that means that they would have to completely flush his system right. to get them out. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. Cre- creepy and weird and also super gross. Mm-hmm. That could also be on the other side when they're taking all the little plugs out of yeah. them. Yeah. They could be smaller plugs now. It's true. It could just be a single, like, Dongle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It would be like an iPhone. Yeah. Uh, Just like one of the little uh, the uh, Mac fire yeah. no. ki- kids today. No. <laughs> no. Because that's, that's the freakiest part of the movie for me. I when they're that. pulling that crap out of their head, that really yeah. upsets me. Mm-hmm. Super gross. But we also don't have landlines. We don't have pay yeah. phones or things that they can yeah. go use. Here's my pitch for what we could do in place of that. Okay. If we're doing it, because I actually didn't think we should put it back in the 90s. Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> thinking like a little bit more in the future. Cool. Yeah. But if they have all these plugs and we're, and we're dealing with the world as it is now, they're yeah. not going to have – they're going to have a cell phone. They're going to have the world that we have. Yeah. I think it's more interesting if they have to get to a particular area because that's where a Wi-Fi field has been enabled. 
And basically, as they enter the Wi-Fi field, instead of them getting sucked up into a phone, they dissolve into the Wi-Fi because that's the code being projected in the but area. But what are the varying ways in which they could affect the Wi-Fi code? Because the thing about the phone is, like, if you, th- like, shoot off the receiver, receiver, suddenly you can't, like, be transported through the phone. So how do yeah. you affect the Wi-Fi like that in multiple ways? Get the transponder. But also, like, they wouldn't have to call and be like, well, where's the Wi-Fi field? They'd well, be they like, do because what I'm suggesting is that there are specific places where they have to go. Like, they have to get to a hot spot, let's right. say. Like, they can make calls to wherever, but they can't like, – because they have a phone with them the whole time, but they still need to get to a specific phone. Interesting. So now they would need to get to a specific spot, zone, whatever. Mm-hmm. Something. I'm on board. My my pitch for the reason why I think this like movie... Like a Bluetooth field. Like a local Bluetooth, not like a Wi-Fi. Just like one like, chick, like, like some chick named Barbara, wherever her hotspot is. Yeah, that's yeah. The they, have they have to airdrop themselves to get to the, they have to get to the, the Boingo hotspot. <laughs> <laughs> and so my pitch was basically, especially when I was doing my casting, I was trying a little bit to kind of avoid the sort of like Hollywood pretty people. Yeah. Because that's not really what this movie is. This movie is a little bit more the movie Hackers... Mm-hmm. extreme yeah because it's it it the people who are escaping the matrix are the people who are so good at hacking so good at like computers and figuring out the world that they broke the world and found the cracks in the computer generated world yeah and i still think that that's possibly true like it gets to the point where people are getting so good with computers that they're that they are creating their own like people are creating their own little mini matrices within the matrix and they're like wait they're seeing similarities between their own world and the greater world, and that's how they're being able to realize. I, I still think it should be computer programmer, right. computer programmers mm-hmm. as superheroes, right. of but at dot coms, yeah, indeed. Mm-hmm. Instead of uh, our weird dot matrix, wake up, Neo. Yeah, <laughs> I get. I, yeah, I think the tricky part about it is, why would the people in the ma- if they made the matrix, why mm-hmm. would they make it in a year where people are already suspicious of technology? Like, Fair. right now, everyone would and is suspicious that we're living in a simulation. Right. There's – there was something in some other movie. I don't remember what it was. But maybe the fact that we're suspicious of technology and suspicious of the simulation is the is the effect of these people who've escaped. And they keep plugging that yeah. in. They keep making us suspicious of technology. Like, mm. the fact that we're suspicious of technology is because we're subtly getting hints that we should be suspicious of technology. Yeah. Interesting. Elon Musk is Morpheus. Right. So it's a distraction to be like, you are right. These things you're seeing are – like, it's it's the overwhelming news. It's media fatigue. So it's like if you get enough information that, like, technology is taking over, there is something to be suspicious about, then you won't notice the real problems. Is that what you were saying? A little bit. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if it would be, like, a creepy introduction of the movie if, like, the very beginning was basically our world but people aren't suspicious of technology and then you're as the viewer you're like why why does nobody care about this just have like a bunch of people who are super accepting of all like they well, like, they like, have the alexa they have the google home yeah they have... right like blade runner i guess they all isn't that the because, one where yeah. everybody has chips and everybody's fine with it basically until they're a criminal that's futurama yeah i don't, I don't remember that blade runner, <laughs> no right? no wait what am i thinking of Fifth yeah. <laughs> right. That makes more sense. <laughs> All the same. It's the same. Yeah. Black Mirror. Like every episode. Every of episode Mirror. of Black Mirror. Yeah. But yeah. And then we realize that it's like right before now. But right. Like if AI is going to create a world for us, then yeah. wouldn't it be a world where we're like, AI is amazing. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's what I'm Here's thinking. my next pitch then. Because mm-hmm. The Matrix is one of those first, not one of the first, but it's one of the kind of iconic tentpole movies of a post-singularity world. And if you're not familiar with the concept of the singularity, it's AI gets so good that they're able to make their own AI better than the thing that was making it. So AI is able to They're able to replicate. make a shot-by-shot shot remake of the film AI. Correct. Yeah. With, uh, with the uh, Sixth Sense Kid. Yeah. Just yeah. Keeps, keeps it going. Yeah. And so the idea is that computers get so good at making computers that they're ma- computers are able to make computers that are better than the computer itself making the computer and that keeps going keeps going keeps going to the point where computers are so intelligent that they win like they they're so intelligent that we can never keep up like it's a singularity because they've become so powerful that we're no longer able to even conceive of the intelligence that they possess Battlestar Galactica Matrix these sorts mm-hmm. of things like it's right artificial intelligence to the nth degree which is why, sorry, Please. which is why I think that this movie is saying it's kind of a nicety 
to turn these people into batteries and let them live their lives where they think that they're great instead well, of having to deal with and that's what what cypher is that the bad yeah, guy that's cypher. his argument is right. that like this is fine right yeah, yeah i great. agree with cypher <laughs> <laughs> oh okay well here, yeah and, here's my pitch okay my pitch is it's the illusion of a post-singularity world and not actually a post-singularity world. I think if you want to make it even more relevant to today, basically they spend the entire movie fighting the concept of AIs who were so smart and now they've made this world. I find it interesting if it's, again, if it's like the 1% mm-hmm. who get to have their super world kind of powered by the 99%. They kind of put the 99% in a position where they can't fight back. it's They make human batteries so that the human battery world can kind of support the... So are the 1% also living in a simulation, but it's super dope? Or are they living in... I think that they are a little bit more like the people in Ready Player One who can go in and out and kind of... They have a super dope world yeah. because they basically are able to monopolize all the world's resources and do whatever they want with it. Everyone else mm-hmm. has just become a resource. Gotcha. They have so much, they have control over so much of the rest of the resources that we have to become batteries in order to even get a taste of the resources. Interesting. Okay, I also have a please. I'm arguing a politically relevant pitch. I'm My so pitch angry. is that um, men <laughs> are tired <laughs> of what? not being in charge anymore and like support a world like electively choose to go into a world where they once again retain power. Oh, yeah. They, like, restart. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's very Handmaid's Tale. Very Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. But, like, restart in a way where, like, you know, it's not quite Handmaid's Tale. So then what happens to women? Right. Women are existing in this world. In, I, in my brain, it's still 1999 or whatever. Yeah. So the men wanted to create a world where they were still in charge, so they literally created a world where they were in charge and then forced women into that world as well? Yeah. So then your entire cast is women? Maybe. I mean, you can... Is it actually, though? A lot of it is. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Ghostbusters, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, not going to lie, that's part of the reason why I recommended you guys listen to the Princess Bride episode because yeah. we definitely do that in the Princess Bride oh, episode. Oh, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> All right, awesome. Yeah. What do you yeah. think, Angela? I don't know. I, I feel good and happy. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. I, I like the idea of a, of a... I mean, that's such a big change about the... It's like more of a... It's it's interesting if we're people putting other people into a simulation or putting all people into a simulation. It's interesting because there are definitely benefits to being in a simulation, but I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it it, it would pan out the way that you're describing. Yeah, I kind of see it more as an an ignorance is bliss. Like you get the people, you, you literally have people fighting to stay in the Matrix just because they're like, this is great. We're taken care of. We don't need to have the things. It's fine to let these other people rule us because it's we have yeah. ours. Right. Yeah, and that's the ultimate. Like, like a Samuel Jackson in um, Snakes on a Plane. Django Unchained. <laughs> Snakes on a Plane. Snakes on a Plane. Yeah, man. He was always talking about the singularity on Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> but I, I mean more the kind of character he played in Django Unchained where it's like mm. the slave who supported the slave system. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, there's always that idea of whether just – I mean, that's an extreme example that doesn't fit into what I'm about to say, but, like, whether it's okay <laughs> to be happy in a world where you aren't free. Yeah. Because the other thing that The Matrix provides that I think is interesting is that people's minds determine what they look like, mm-hmm. which is kind of great. Mm. But then the way that flips around is that people get to choose their own names when they're in the real world, and they don't get to do that in The Matrix. That was just something that, like, I was thinking about their hacker name. They yeah, do that hacking. in hackers too. My name is Neo. It's yeah. not Thomas. Anderson. It's it's a very nineties like when you're ha- it's it's oh, your yeah. screen name thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's like what Rogue's moment not Rogue, uh Mystique's moment in X Men First right, Class right. where she's like, Let's all have team names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but like the idea that you can visually de- you can decide what you look like in a world is kind of neat. For I agree. a lot of people, right. I would That's think. That's part of what is compelling about the world of Ready Player One. You yeah, basically get right. to choose the sort of person you want to be. Yeah. But, but then yeah. it's like, what is freedom? I mean, it's what you're saying. Yeah. And that's. It's, I think that's what the, more what the Matrix is about than about I, choosing the simulation you're in. Yeah. And I, I think that is what our argument needs to be if we remake this. Because yeah. that's kind of the core essence of what the movie is. Right. And we just kind of have to apply it to 
our modern sensibilities as opposed to sensibilities from the 90s where that could be solved by getting the golden gun and making sure no one was playing his odd job. I'm willing to give up my pitch as long as I can still catch a bunch of chicks. Well, <laughs> then let's get into it. Let's, I don't let's... think anybody's going to fight you on chicks. Don't fight me not. on chicks. So because that's that the, the my main problem with this movie, which I think is probably yours as well, is just like more women who don't die in this movie is perfect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm for it. Yeah. So let, let's get into it. Let's let's start big. Who's your neo? Got Zoe Kravitz. I don't know who that is. Did you is. say that too? No, but oh. that doesn't surprise me that you said Zoe Kravitz. Tell me who Zoe <laughs> Okay, I just seem like the kind of person who supports no, Zoe Kravitz. It's just, it's just Tell like me who Zoe Kravitz is. Okay, um, obviously a Kravitz. Yeah. Lisa Bonet's daughter. She's been in many movies, uh, big blockbusters, but most recently Big Little Lies was uh, one of them. Was she the person who introduced Donald Glover on SNL? Oof. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who anybody is. She's she's someone who has been in major, like has been in everything that's large, but hasn't herself been in the front of anything. Mm-hmm. And I think a reboot is a great opportunity for someone who's obviously proven themselves to step in front of the everything. I think that's good too, because a lot of, I mean, obviously not Keanu Reeves, but a lot of the people <laughs> in this movie didn't have like a whole lot of baggage going into it, right? Um. So I like that. I just don't. I mean, there's really only five characters in this movie. I cast a lot more than that. There's like nobody in this movie. Uh, (laughs) But here, I watched Cracked.com, and one of the things they talk about was that Neo is kind of the the representation for the audience. Like he's kind of has this dumb face on the entire time because Mm. we, as the audience, don't understand the world that he's experiencing for the first time too. And so, and so he kind of needs to have that kind of blank. Yeah, he has to be very blank. The avatar for the audience, what's the actual term? The making comics? Doesn't matter. It's yeah. a real thing. Look it up. It's I know worth what your you're time. talking totally. about, but I refuse to help you by thinking. I, yeah, thinking fair. sucks, man. Here's Zoe Kravitz. But, so is Zoe Kravitz the sort of person who would be a good representation she's for the so, audience? She's got, I feel like whenever I see her, I feel like she's smarter than me. Okay, so tell Not us. me. I don't think she's smarter than me. Okay. okay. But do you think she's smarter than me? <laughs> all right Angela tell us what you had I have a lot of options my favorite one is Mackenzie Davis who's the girl from San Junipero yeah great option which is thematically relevant she was also in The Martian Mm -hmm. I don't know if you who was she in The Martian she was like the mission control Uh, person and my other option is Elizabeth Olsen because that was the most generic person I could think of that is a good generic human yeah she's just like you could and make I like her, make her, I could imagine her saying actress. "whoa" and being like, "whoa, yeah, yeah." yeah. Um, and my token man—I just made a lot of lists. My token man was Sebastian Stan. Mm. <laughs> my token man, because <laughs> I had to have one, was a. Uh, we don't. We don't oh. need a token man. I'm perfectly happy oh, making yeah. Neo. But a lady. I want. I want. I want. Know who it was? It was Cole Sprouse. Oh my god! <laughs> right, that'd be cute, right? <laughs> so cute. I don't know who that is. Uh, He's Jughead in Riverdale. Yeah. Okay. I saw him once walking down the street. He was very tall. Was he? Yeah, he has oh, great he hair. Super. Great hair. That was my thought. I'd be like, he can flip that hair. Hold yeah. on to that name for a, a bit because I want to come back to that actor for one of the other roles. Great. Yeah. But uh, for me, the actor I cast is uh, Santino Fontana. He it, have you guys watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought about him. Who is he? Yeah. He, he's the guy who was in love with the with uh the girl. So she's in love with uh Josh Chan, he's in love with her. He's a bartender. He's no longer on the show. Okay, he's no longer on the show. He was also oh, the voice of Oh, he was of, the guy a, in first season. Yes. He's also first. from Frozen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Real talent. Are you saying we should make the Matrix a musical? Because I would support that. Well, I'm no, but so I, in. I, I picked him because he's attractive, but not necessarily like oh. the the most attractive person. Yes. But also because you're making this for an audience today. A lot of the people that, yeah. a lot of the sort of action movies that we see now and kind of expect, they kind of tend to have like a little bit of a wry sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. and I feel like he'd be able to both be yeah. in awe of a world while also being able to crack a joke about the world. Mm-hmm. And that um, that that's why I thought he'd be a good choice. Interesting. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is a boring white guy. He is a super <laughs> boring white guy. But he's got that going for. But I don't. I don't know. That that's part of why I picked him because yeah, he's a super well, boring that's white guy. What you have to be in this, like, his, he has no personality but and I'll, no reason for Trinity to fall in love with him. <laughs> None. None. No. No reason at all. But also, I was wondering about age in this movie. Do we need to have Trinity fall in love with him just as a separate? Yeah, side note? Mm-hmm. I think I don't mind it. 
if there are other people in the Miwi who don't fall in like that's the, <laughs> it, it's definitely a like he's here to save us everybody loves him movie which yeah is interesting and it not necessary but I don't that aspect of Ready Player One though is why I didn't like Ready Player One yeah. everyone else did but but I don't have as much of a problem with it as I did with Ready Player One I think mm. I because it's got this whole fate thing tied into it right. that it it feels like a like a legend like the yeah. story because of the oracle and all of it just feels like a re retelling of any sort of heroic journey kind of story yeah. and i don't mind there being i don't a romance that kind of threads through it i don't necessarily mind if it's like if there's a romance but yeah. i would think it's more interesting if neo being neo him being the one mm-hmm allows Trinity to do, like, Trinity's awesome, but Neo being around allows her to be slightly even more, like, she wasn't able to do something, and then Neo is able to get her to actually do it. Yeah. Like, she's never able to make the jump. Like, everyone falls in the first time. Yeah. She's never able to do that jump, but then he's around, and all of a sudden she can. It's like, you'll mm-hmm. know because you'll be able to do this, like, you will all of a sudden be better. But, like, what is love? Baby. <laughs> don't, don't hurt, hurt me. me. <laughs> <laughs> there is, well, yeah, because that's what the Trinity what is it, Trinity Syndrome is, that, like, they're, it's like the Bechdel test or whatever, but it's, Mm -hmm. like, everybody is super competent, and a guy who comes in and tries it for the first time is better than everybody. Right, right, And so, it's interesting that, like, I don't like, if it was still dude lady, like, a dude coming in and saving this woman who's been doing it for a long time, but the aspect of she wasn't super competent and way more experienced before he got there. <laughs> That's fair. And thus he was still able to help but her, what if is better. she's the one and he's, like, he's the catalyst to her, mm. like, she's been the one the whole time and the Oracle is right. He's not the one. Right. But he's there because he will make the one the one. The one. I, I like that. He's the Mentos and the Diet but, Coke. But it's more of a, I mean, what you're saying is more I of a gender issue than like a love issue. Yeah. We're not, we're not against the love. Not we're just against like men saving women in movies. And I'm against women being like, I'm awesome. Hey. Here's a you're crown. You're cute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, here's a crown. But we you. all agree that women should like try to lessen their glow so that men will love them, right? I'm that's, saying that. That's, yeah. That's yeah. What this we're on for. the same page. <laughs> <laughs> She pointed at her wedding ring. Yeah. Podcast yeah. listeners who can't see her pointing. <laughs> I'm the single one here. Why is Ew. it working? <laughs> um, okay. Do so we have uh, to pick one? Or? We we can come back to this just because Neo is Neo. We kind of have to make him it's or her the choice. center of the world. Yeah. Right. So let, let's pick our trinity. Cool. Who do, my, my trinity was kind of a one for one. Like the trinity we have now, I kind of picked someone who's the most like that actress was Interesting. Then, okay. so I picked Jamie Alexander. Who is? She's Sif in the Thor movies. She's oh. the main character in Blind Spot, the okay. NBC oh. TV show. Yeah, she tattoos. is very, very the same person. Yeah, she's absolutely one for one. So if you wanted to make a Trinity who was very much like this original Trinity, that's who you have. Yeah. But that's why, we're, like, age it still becomes a thing for me. Because I was always like, why is this, like, almost 30-year-old man dealing with these issues right now? You know? He spends a lot of time with his computer, so... I guess so. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the least believable part of The Matrix, is right. that Keanu Reeves is a computer nerd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although, I don't, I don't need computer nerds to all look alike, and there is definitely, like... But maybe don't look like Point Break? <laughs> I, I don't... I th- Computers was... on surfboards? <laughs> all right. Watch that now, movie. Now, The Matrix. <laughs> all right. Now I'm surfboards. interested... Speaking of things that got rebooted, just completely out of the blue, mm-hmm. and computers, they rebooted the TV show Re- Reboot, and it bothers the snot out of me, because it's not good. Oh, I'm sorry. Not the snot. <laughs> there sorry, is one going. part where you can tell how pale Neo is, because of, like, it's when the Lady the White Rabbit shows up, and uh, that's the one part of the entire movie where he looks like a nerd. Yeah. Like, he does, yeah. yeah. She's like, can't talk to her. Yeah. Well, and, like, his shirt's too big, and he's super pale, and, like... But she's kind of like, hubba, hubba, come to the club yeah. with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> while she's hugging her boyfriend, and then never. she we never see her again. And I'm okay with it. She's a symbol. I did oh. not recast her. No. Nor did I. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the, whatever, the Alice, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. See how far mm-hmm. down the rabbit hole goes. Yeah. Right. yeah. How far down the rabbit hole goes. Speaking yeah. of, as... This is the Matrix, and one of the big conservative talking points right now is how, like, I finally took the red pill, and now I see the world yeah. for the way it is. Mm. I've been, uh, I've been attacked by red pill redditors. If anybody has any, oh, I'm Q&A. so sorry. 
Because uh, Q and A's. That's was that if we have Q's and A's? Yeah. Do you have any? Do you I have, have any answers? A's? Yeah, I have some answers. What should I do? <laughs> what should I do? Guide us, lean in. Okay. Ooh, gotcha. I like it. I can do that until until she reaches the tipping point, right? Right, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then um. lean out. <laughs> So you're an outlier. Right. You... But that's part of the reason why I wanted to make this movie a little bit more political because as it is right now, it could yeah. go either way. Right. And I want to be like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Here are the bad parts of the world. We want to keep the good parts of the world. Mm. Yeah. And I want it to be along my political route. <laughs> <laughs> well, abs- yeah, that's the that's the that's, funny the funny part yeah. about it now is that like our dot red pill is like all of these conservative that's so crazy. neo Nazis and Neo. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you can that do laughter. That was what it was the whole time. That laughter's uh. staying in, Trevor. <laughs> but it's essentially like, a, I mean, it's a progressive film made by two trans women. Like, it's not like right. a movie mm-hmm. that's propaganda. Anyway, yeah, I, but I it's agree. amazing I, what people make out of make into propaganda uh, that they don't realize the full implications of. Wild, right? Well, because you could use art to anything, just like you can yeah. use faith to anything, just like you can use. You know, anything That's that people it. want to believe in and love and Even are with all of by. that, we're keeping red, blue, blue pill, right? Oh, yeah. I like red, yeah. blue, blue, blue. I want turquoise pill, purple pill. Get out. <laughs> I want it to be a pina colada. Yeah. So who did, who did you two have for Trinity? <laughs> I, I, I wrote a lot of things because I couldn't decide. Mm. I have Tessa Thompson, Kristen Stewart, and Octor, Oscar Isaac. We used Tessa Thompson last episode. Yeah, I love Tessa Thompson, what? though. But she was on my mind. Yeah. What what was your last episode? What was she? Police Academy. Mm. Oh, I've not seen that. Is it good? Oh, she would be fun. Ours will be. Yeah, she deserves to yeah. have some jokes. Basically, we made her the lead female in the movie, and then flipped her with the main guy because the main they, they don't do anything. It's better this way. Okay, well, Kristen Stewart then who would be? I like Kristen Stewart. She would be good. She could. You can slick her hair back. Just, you could slick her hair back. Just like Trish. I thought about her because <laughs> you could slick her hair back. Yeah. Literally, my pitch is also someone whose hair you can slick back, yeah. but it's. Uh, I think my only dude pitch, mm-hmm. which is uh, Dev Patel. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Because he's only done like big dramas, and like now we can have him in the sci fi world, but also. Newsroom like, is a, not, I mean, is it's a drama. Yeah, but but he's Dev the comedic Patel? person. He is the comedic person. It. What? Uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah, Lion. Okay. Lion, he's the Indian guy he in is Newsroom. Dreams Hill. Okay. But like, you could slick his hair back, and I feel like you could kind of like fem him up a little bit and make him a little more androgynous even though but like he is very dude but also he has kind of like beautiful features <laughs> what I'm hearing is that he's a good looking person is he tall because I like good looking people is his he face is on tall. these M&M's yeah his face is on, it's me my fiance and Dev Patel <laughs> can I come to that wedding yeah we can all come to the wedding uh, only if Dev Patel is there um, oh okay yeah I'm going to look him up and see if he's who I think he is. Okay, great. But yeah, I liked mm. him. So you wanted to gender flip both Neo and Trinity. Yeah. You didn't necessarily want to have girl, girl, guy, guy. Well, I didn't mean to go heteronormative with it, but uh, I did. Okay. I just thought of Dev Patel and I was like, I want to, I want him to do something. And then I was like, well, he would be a great Trinity. <sighs> well, who's your Neo? Um, Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. See, I think Dev Patel would actually make a more interesting cipher. Mm, but my pitch for a cipher, I'm really excited about. Yeah, I am too. Uh, <laughs> I okay, yeah, yeah, okay, all right. I'm all for. But he, yeah, though. he's like more funny. But you, he would have to act, is what you're saying. What he would like have to be an actor. He is. He's a who can he's a beautiful, m- serious things. actor. Does he have an Oscar? I I think he's been nominated multiple times. Yeah, but I don't think he has one. Been nominated, right? But yeah, he's like a. I just feel like Trinity has a lot of depth that could yeah. happen, especially if it's the only male character. And it's like <laughs> if it's like, how do we create this? I'm just gonna keep pushing hard. I, the, 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 I love Dev Patel. I just think this. I mean, I know that you're gonna be making a lot of these characters women, but I think it'd be hard pressed to take the most female character who's currently in the movie and make it male. Like, yeah. I'm here to push boundaries, Sam. Yeah, I don't, right, I don't have a problem with it. It's just, she's just so, she does, she's so st- stoic. So yeah. that it's just a very, st- it's a weird role. But yeah. she's also soft. And that's why I thought it would be interesting yeah. because it would bring up all of the more masculine qualities that, that Trinity already has, but also show the softer qualities. Because she she is, she's very female. She's very mm-hmm. feminine in a strong way. And that yeah. that's why I think she should stay female. I I would be more inclined to like, how many female role models are there in this movie to begin with? One. Yeah. Well, there's one who dies uh, gloriously. 
mm. in a way where she has no agency and has only said like three things. Yeah, stuff. right. Her, I made a dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, Wait, I who flipped, was your Trinity? Uh, Jamie Alexander. Right, 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 right. Who again? One for one. Yeah, she's just. It's just. I don't want to say this about her as a person, but she's a little boring. And Trinity's already a little bit boring. Like, I would want it to be just, like, a little bit more. She can keep all her tattoos, but that's basically what she does in Blindspot. Yeah. And she's not interesting in Blindspot. I, I, I think it would be fun if Trinity had, like, any as, any personality. Which is why I said Oscar Isaac, because he's just so in love with everybody. Oscar Isaac's interesting. Well, we are going to have to move a little bit faster, because I think we've got maybe 15 minutes left in the booth. Holy great, cow. Great, great. All right. Cool. Uh... So I guess let's put a pin in Trinity as well. Who okay. do you guys have for Morpheus? Jodie Foster. I'm okay with that. Allison Janney. Yes. Okay with, I, str- I was thinking about Allison Janney too. The yeah. person I picked was another kind of one for one. I picked uh, Henry Simmons, who's Mac on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, cool. Just big guy kind of like, but the reason why I picked him is because on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. he's a big guy, but he doesn't fight. He's an engineer. Mm. He fights when he needs to, but the basic idea is that like, no, 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 he's a big guy, but he, he fixes the... Computers. Right, right. And I found that interesting. And I kind of like the idea that that's what Morpheus is. Like, mm-hmm. he's big because he needs to be because he lives in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Yeah. <laughs> but he would prefer not to fight. That said, Allison Janney's real good. Yeah, like I Allison mean, she Janney would have to do a lot of kung fu, like, more than she usually does, but I would want to see that. Kung Done. Let's, Done. Let's make I mean, Allison Janney. I think, I think let's, I, yeah. I'm sold. Okay. Then who do we have as our Agent Smith? I put Kate Blanchett. <laughs> I put Amanda Seyfried. Oh, why can't I get a face to that name? Uh, bean Girls. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. Because in my brain I was like, what What would AI choose to look like? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And it's like a beautiful blonde, but like kind of like strange beautiful. But this is the AI that got sent by the other AI. Right. So it's. But I, it's an ideal in my brain. Here's my pitch for Agent Smith. And Ready. stay with me on this. I picked a, an actor named Ross Marquand. Who, I think I know who that is. He's been on uh, uh, Walking Dead, but I mm. picked him because in the new Infinity War movie, uh-huh. he plays the part Hugo Weaving didn't come back to play. Oh, right. Mm. Right. And I think that's funny. <laughs> that's a good reason to do something. Yeah, I like that. And I kind of like the idea of like him kind of playing, like it's a computer program. A computer program always looks the same. So you right. get the person who looks like the same thing. Yeah. That's interesting. I think that's pretty funny. My other pitch for that was because there's Agent Smith and Agent Jones who look essentially identical. Right. Would that it, was that it would be funny if it was Kristen Stewart and Ellen Page. <laughs> I have Ellen Page for someone yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like those people, but I want them to be a little bit more intimidating. Since like, theoretically they're supposed they to be representing the, the villains and the... But I think what's so great about Agent Smith is that like he's not intimidating. He's like a big freaking nerd. Yeah. No? Just me? Yeah. A little I think... bit. I think, well, yeah, he's like, he's just, he's agent-y. Right, he's agent-y. But then when he, like, starts moving, you're like, oh, this guy is terrifying. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's and got, I love that reveal. With, like, a robotic kind of, I love So that. my Amanda Seyfried so pitch is because, like, Veronica Mars' Amanda Seyfried was really yeah. dark and twisted, and we haven't really seen that from her in a while, but she has it. Isn't and that it, who she, she did that recently, but I didn't watch the movie, so I can't help you. Mm. For yeah, the, I like that. The, I still like Kate Blanchett better, because she would be such a terrifying interrogator she would i also just used cage blanchett in the last episode wow she was really podcast. good she's great. She's great. uh i made Kate you just blanchett. copied the last podcast and wrote down all the same names yeah. is that a problem <laughs> i have no problem with it especially because you're picking the pickle of people i picked the pickle you picked the pickle, picked the pickle. Picked the pick- okay i who else do we have this one i do kind of want to go with ross marquand because if we're picking someone to represent kind of like the generic yeah, corporate sure. enforcer and that's funny that like one that. i think is more interesting uh for the oracle mm-hmm. i picked oprah Whoa. I wrote down Oprah, too. I also wrote Did down really? Bill Murray. Uh, Interesting. That's a strong choice. Yeah. If I, we pick Bill Murray, though, this is a comedy. I don't know. I feel like you could do... It would be yeah. weird. Straight Bill It Murray. would certainly be weird. Oracle's funny in the original. She is she funny. Is, she's yeah, great. she's great. Uh, did you guys see um, St. Vincent? No. That's a drama that Bill Murray's in, and he's yeah, very yeah. good. With Melissa McCarthy, right? Yes. Yeah. And they're both great. The only thing is that like he's kind of playing... Bill Murray. Mm. Yeah. So would he be able to do it as not Bill I Murray? I think he could. I don't think it's a problem if it's Bill Murray. I, I don't know. I think it would be I think funny. we should cast an unknown teen. Give someone a chance. teen? Teen. Yeah. To play the wise old oracle? I think that's funny. <laughs> I also picked Selma Hayek. <laughs> 
I don't know. Selma Hayek. I'd be, more, I'd be more tempted by Selma Hayek because Selma Hayek's awesome. Selma Hayek is awesome. Yeah, she'd be great. I just feel like reboots are opportunities to do the opposite of everything. <laughs> it's great. All right, so let's say we're trying to decide between Oprah and Selma Hayek. Okay, great. Angela, be the decider. Selma Hayek. Selma yeah. Hayek. Oprah's so obvious. I know. Right. It's such an obvious choice. Oh, Selma I know. Hayek That's so why I picked comforting. her. Yeah. Great. All right, so let's talk about Cypher. Yeah. You you both were most excited about your Cypher, so I'm going to say Should mine and get him out of the way. Okay. Mine is Stephen Yoon, who's in The Walking Dead. He does a lot of voiceover stuff. Cool. Okay. He's great. He's awesome. But if, I'm less excited about this than I, I think you guys I have, are. I have so many. So Do you want to pick, pick your, your favorite, favorite one and we'll say it at the same time? Uh, yeah. My f- uh, uh, okay. Yeah. One, two, three. Kate Kristen Ritter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kristen Ritter's really good. I, well, I, just, I would also lean, lean towards Kristen Ritter. I mean, yeah, Kristen Ritter really is so dynamic. And I love... Again, because I use, use Kate McKinnon all the time. <laughs> She's great. She's so good. You need to not have me on your podcast because you and I are the same person and it's A very uncomfortable. <laughs> I also put Neil Casey because that would be like the obvious one-to-one to Yeah, me. that's an yeah. obvious one-to-one. I like that. Yeah, But I think Kristen Ritter is more interesting because... We yeah. suspect Cypher from the moment he appears. Right. Yeah. And I think it's more interesting if it's a flip. It's like, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. here's a different thing that's happening. Well, and she could definitely, like, monologue on the evils of the oh world. Oh, God. Oh, and she yeah. could so, like, be like, I love you, Dip. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you love me back? I'm going back in the Matrix. I'm Kristen Ritter. <laughs> okay. okay. We all agree on Kristen Ritter. <laughs> yes. Great. Perfect. I win again. Who do you guys have for Tank and Dozer? I didn't have strong choices with these because I like that I don't really know these people. The, I feel like you know Tank. I mean, I picked Ellen Page for Tank, who you, you already mm. talked about, because I feel like... Oh, yeah. It's basically her role in um, Inception. Right. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, kind of. Oh, well, most. But, like, I like that he's <laughs> someone with a lot of depth and a lot of emotion that you're clinging on to, especially mm-hmm. when we've all these characters that are kind of manipulative and, you know, controlling. My casting for both Tank and Dozer are... They're like the two black people. The, them and Morpheus. Yeah. And, and the Oracle, actually. But one of the things that everyone kind of makes fun of, The Matrix and its subsequent sequels, is you have this world and, like, most of your main characters are white, and then you go to Zion and it's all black people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what I find interesting about the concept of Zion, it's all these people who've escaped from The Matrix, but it's people from all over the world. So it's got to right. be, like, a melting pot of mm-hmm. everything. So I kind of wanted to cast people who are mixes of yeah. races or things. So the two... <laughs> I don't know. And yeah, so yeah, and so I fine. think it's more interesting if, like, because the siblings you get in Zion aren't necessarily real-life totally. siblings. It's just the people, like, there are five children in this entire world right now. You're yeah. all siblings. Yeah. No, I love that. So for Tank, I had Dave Batista, And for Dozer, I had Elodie Young. I don't know who either of those people are. Dave Batista is, uh, have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the one with the, ta- the red tattoos and the knives. Oh. Okay. And uh, Elodie Young plays Elektra in the Daredevil Netflix oh. series. Yeah. And she was in uh, Hitman's Bodyguard too, but she's the, her character's not very good. It's not her fault. It's just written poorly. Uh, I'm going to cough again. Excuse me. <coughs> oh, I'm disgusted by this. So I can't believe I'm invited right here and then he coughs. But she's but she plays Elektra, so like she's someone who knows how to fight. Like she grew up in a world and is toughened yeah. and can be interesting. And I thought that those two together kind of is a, a cool comparison I've, of the different sorts of I people. I vote in the for world. your people because I really like the thought behind like who is living in this world that is it's born into this world. Yeah. I like that very much. I like Ellen Page and I said Karen Sony, do you know who that is? I do not. Um he was in other space and he was the delivery was he driver. In other space? He was the guy, right? Oh, yeah. We used him two episodes ago. Okay. Well, no <laughs> Stop it right now. I'm, li- I'm leaving. I'm he's, talking he's to... The, he's the driver in uh, Deadpool. In... He's the taxi driver in Deadpool? In Deadpool and in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. I liked Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters all-female reboot because it was basically an other space reunion. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah, but as the driver of the... Because I like that he is not... He doesn't seem like he's going to come back and save them, which... Tank does right. in the right. movie, like that he he doesn't seem strong, mm-hmm. which, and he's not really a fighter. Let's yeah. ha- let's have it be what him and Elodie Young. Great. Uh, say his name again. Karen Sony. I'm like ninety percent sure that's how. Yeah. And Elodie Young. Great. Yeah. 
So the two of them. Wonderful. Uh, so then we have APOC and Switch. APOC and Switch, I gender flipped both of them. Mm-hmm. So uh, Switch was originally the blonde lady mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. dies with no agency, and she says, <laughs> not like this. Yeah. Not like that. Which, I was thinking and about so this earlier today. Why, no. did, why does she wear white? It's not important. Because she's bleached hair. Because she's cool. a lesbian and everyone else is straight. Oh, no. Oh. I thought I thought she was dating APOC. I don't think so. Uh, okay. Fair enough. You sure? No. Fair enough. We had five more minutes, right? Uh, <laughs> if, if, I need a, if I need to pay Trevor more money, I will pay Trevor more money. Um, um, I had Riz Ahmed and Gwendolyn Christie. Tell me who they are. Uh, Riz Ahmed is the, he's in Rogue One. He's the rebel spy that gets away or the whatever guy that gets away. Okay. Um, and Gwendolyn Christie is Phasma. Yeah. Yeah. They're both great. She just seems like she could have short hair and wear white. Yeah, like I could. And also she should be in every movie. Yeah, we've, not in the last episode, we've definitely used her before because she's amazing. Uh, I feel like I shouldn't even be. No, you're doing amazing choices and you're further reinforcing my good (laughs) good ideas and I like it. Uh, I had, uh, for Switch, I had Dave Anders, who's Blaine in iZombie. He's a a skinny dude with bleach blonde hair, so that's why I picked him. Oh, alias. Sure. And then I had uh, Natalia Cordova Buckley, who's Yo Yo in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for uh, APOC. This is just an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. movie? I picked two people. (laughs) Um, What's his name from iZombie would be a really good cipher, although a very expected choice. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. But I, I like him as Switch. Mm-hmm. I picked a weird person, so I like, don't tell, even want to. Tell us all about them. No, I mean, they're not that weird. But I picked uh, Kim Engelbrecht for Switch, who's like this beautiful, like could not wear blonde hair at all person <laughs> from The Flash. <laughs> and um, she's like the evil person's like wife right now. The oh. thinker's wife. And uh, <laughs> I have to get caught up on The Flash. I'm, I'm not sorry. looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> she, she's such an interesting character, and then they just keep neutering her. Right, so I kind of... But oh, she can clearly flash? act. No, the, the, the wife. The wife. You mean the like wife. every female character in right. The Flash? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, I find her... I found her really interesting, so I would want to see more from her. And then Apoc, like, had no lines. I was kind of like, I mean, I, I don't know what... I think we should make Sam do it. Oh, yeah, Sam should do it. <laughs> um, I was just like, can I put some, like, big-name person in this yeah, role? right. That's one of my problem. favorite That's things to do is uh, when we were recasting Clue, we made mm. uh, The Rock the chef because he says one <laughs> thing and then immediately dies. I've great. thought about like putting that. The Rock in one of these tiny movies. And I, I think, just think that ro- it's super Can we funny. just say The Rock is APOC then? Yeah, yeah sounds okay. great. So do we want to have uh, The Rock and Dave Anders? <laughs> or no, 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 no. Uh, uh, the Sapphire Knight. Gwendolyn Christie. Thank you. Sorry, I don't watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> Gwendolyn Christie. Let's do The Rock and Gwendolyn Christie. Sounds good. And just like they're the two enforcers. They're giant and they die. How are they computer hackers? Those two specifically. I love them. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. They're computer hackers because anyone can be a computer hacker if they dream hard enough. Yeah. I like it more if they were woken up because everyone else was super skinny and they're like, we need (laughs) need some muscle. Or I have another pitch. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Rock... And uh, Gwendolyn are who they look like when they're in the Matrix, uh-huh. but when they're outside the Matrix, they're Jack Black and and, uh... <laughs> and Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, everybody. Like that. What if everybody in this movie is played by Elizabeth? Olsen? <laughs> <laughs> but something like that. Like I think that's fun for those two because we kind of talked a little yeah, bit about how got a little bit of Jumanji. Well, your... Jumanji, yeah, yeah. yeah. A little bit of San Junipero, a little bit of In my life. A little bit of Jumanji. But who do we want them to be that they're, like, they're outside people then? You and me. Done. Okay. But I'm no, not but no actually. But no, actually. Like, who do we want to have? It? Like, that could be our Ellen Page and, mm. uh, like, our, our smaller petite people in the real world then become jacked in that. Like, that would be a good what place. What if they're children? Unknown teens. Mm. So you want to murder children? Oh. Mm. Yes. No. <laughs> but, like, who else would be creating this, like, giant false view of who they are? Because mm-hmm. all the adults are pretty confident who they are, but these kids are... What, well, yeah, what was the name of your actor would... from um, uh, Archie? Oh, uh, Cole, Cole Sprouse. Sprouse. Let's make it Cole Sprouse. Great, I'm in. He's both of them. Mm, he's both them. Oh, let's make it the twins who didn't invent Facebook. No, you could make it Cole Sprouse and his twin brother. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> He, he Does Cole Sprouse have a twin brother? Yeah, yeah, they had an amazing Disney Channel TV show about a hotel they both lived in. 
Wait, he's life. Zach and Cody? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, that guy mm-hmm. with the black hair he and Archie. Up, he grew up good. Is either Zach or Cody? Yeah. One of I the presume two. That's weird. That's weird for Cody. me. I think it's Cody. Okay, now we have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So, the other Sprouse. <laughs> and I like the idea that one of them becomes the rock and one of them becomes... Yeah. Yeah. When I, like, that's that's amazing. That it? is kind of amazing. So here is the person who I had the hardest time recasting. Mouse. Mouse. I had no problem. Yeah? Interesting. I put Latita Wright. I don't know who that is. She is Suri from Black Panther. Mm. As like a problematic nerd would be hilarious. I put Karen Gillum. Oh. Karen Gillum's really good. I also put Neil Casey for this one because it would be a good (laughs) Neil Casey role. I don't know who's Neil Casey. He's the bad guy from Ghostbusters. Uh, Oh, he's so good. Also just a brilliant comedian. Yeah, Yeah, he's so great. Yeah. Um, I picked Mouse. Like the reason why I had trouble you with Mouse. A mouse. No, a no. Mouse. I picked uh, Bill Skarsgård. Ooh, which one's Bill? He was the one who played Pitt. Oh, okay. He's the younger, skinny kid. But the reason I picked him is because Mouse is kind of like he's the youngest one, mm-hmm. and he's kind of like he's obviously he's not a kid, kid, but he like he's obviously an adult, but like a super young adult, like super yeah. naive. Mm. And that's why it's like the saddest when he dies. He's like, oh, guns. Yeah. And so I wanted to pick someone kind of young-ish. Like Latita Wright. Like Latita Wright, if I... Hadn't cast her last week. <laughs> Not last week, but recently. I like her a lot. Like, yeah. I would pick her immediately. Yeah. So, like, I think we should go with her. Yeah, because she's young. And yep. I, would, I like the idea of her being, like, oh, a... I'm so excited about Karen Gillum. Do I need to fight for my people? She's redheaded. I, she's from another country. I love Karen Gillum. I don't she can I don't shink. I don't think she can portray the innocence that I kind I of think, think we could, need but... for someone for mouse. She does a really good job of doing that in uh, Jumanji. Hmm. Oh, Jumanji. Jumanji. What do we do? what do we make the Matrix Jumanji? Mm. Maybe Jumanji is a reboot of the Matrix. Jumanji. <sighs> Here's the thing about the new Jumanji movie. I really liked Jumanji. it and there I said it. I forgot about your sketch. Oh, I wrote a sketch about Jumanji guys. That's true. I remember. It was great. <laughs> Uh, so that takes care of everyone except our big two. Who's our Neo for this group, and who's our Trinity for this group? Who are our top thoughts right now, for real? Well, who was your... Let, let's walk through who our number one choices were. My Neo was Santino Fontana. Right. Your Neo was... It was Zoe Kravitz. And your Neo was... I have too many. I mean, Elizabeth... Pick your favorite. Olsen? I think Mackenzie Davis. Mackenzie I think Mackenzie Davis. Davis would legitimately be a great Neo. Remind me who Mackenzie Davis is. She is the girl from San Junipero. That's right. What do you think, Meredith? I mean, I love both of those actors, honestly. Mm-hmm. Let's go with San Junipero. San Junipero. Cool. Mackenzie I'm into Davis. it. Mackenzie yeah. Davis. We could just call her San Junipero, right? I think she would love that. <laughs> That's what actors like. Yeah. So that brings us to our Trinity. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I don't think it should be Deb Patel. <laughs> All right, I'll just have to cast him in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like that was kind of already going to happen. Yeah. Right, right, right. yeah, I think it should be Kristen Stewart. Wait, what was yours again, Sam? Uh, Jamie Alexander, Sif from Thor and a bunch of other things. Yeah, I think that one. Kristen Stewart? No, I think Sam's. Uh, Jamie Alexander. Jamie Alexander. Great, works for me. I'm sorry. I'm not going to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that leaves us with two. Thi- unless, did you That's either of you have any more cast? Uh, I had the woman in red. I said Ariana Grande. Ooh. <laughs> Done. Woman Done. in red, Ariana Grande. <laughs> oh, yeah, Spoon Boy. That was the other one, but I had nobody for it. Oh, I was thinking that all the children should be old people. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I think that's it's, really good. And it's about old people for, like trying to bend spoons. It's funny. They make a whole point about how they like to get people out young so that their brains aren't as broken by having to deal with reality, but sure. But we're rebooting it. When else is your brain as young as when you're a child? It's not. That's why they're children. <laughs> All right, look, I tried. It's long and I missed. We need a writer and a director and or a writer-director. Great. Okay. The Wachowskis. No. Okay. Who do you want to do first, writer or director? Let's start with writer. Cool. I put Charlie Brooker, who I had to look up, who's the one who did Playtest in Black Mirror, mm. which is, like, all about video games and living inside a simulation, and I think it was done, like, with humor and with darkness, and it was beautiful. Okay. I, I, all I have is the Wachowski. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I had Alex Garland, who wrote Annihilation. Mm. Oh, and interesting. The re- I leaned towards kind of looking up someone from Black Mirror, but the reason I didn't is because this is close enough to a Black Mirror episode already. <laughs> right. And I feel like if someone, if, if that sort of person had that much to say 
about this sort of world, they would have already said it in a Black Mirror episode. Mm. As opposed to uh, Alex Garland and the person I picked for my director, I picked them because they've done things near here. Like, they live in a sci-fi world. That's kind of their bread and butter. But they've never done this sort of story. Mm-hmm. And especially because this has been in the world for almost 20 years, they must have an idea of what they need want to do for this. That, that's why I wanted to pick out. how passionately you argue for yeah, your people. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I, think, I think Michael Bay should direct this. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm throwing my weight behind Michael Bay. <laughs> uh, been two against one. one. No, I have a strong opinion about director. Um, I I pick John M. Chu, who directed Step Up 3D. Oh, wow. I am, like, not going to lie, I'm really obsessed with this director. He, like, does very interesting things with, like, how movement, like, interacts with the camera which is why he does a bunch of dance stuff and I think that that's an interesting way to interpret all the stuff we were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. in how to modernize the technological aspects yeah because the cinematography in this movie is really good like the symbolism and the visual stuff is really interesting so I like that because it's another approach to that the one caveat is I would say say his name again John M. Chu I would make John M. Chu the choreographer for the movie like the the movement director as opposed to like the cinematog- cinematography director. You have to see Step Up 3D though. I don't. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Look, I'm I understand I'm different than the two of you. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm really happy. It's... Who is your director? Yeah. Uh Dennis uh Villanueva. Villanueva. Oh, who, what did he do? Arrival and mm. Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, I also thought of Arrival guy. But um, <laughs> but no. Step Up 3D just spoke to you. It's it like, did, what is it about Step Up 3D that just screams the Matrix? Look, I can tell you other things that he did <laughs> that were that would awesome. be great. Right. Please do other dance things. But <laughs> but here's the thing: I agree with your concept. Like the yeah. whole like the do, like doing the Matrix bullet time. Mm-hmm. I think that is something that could be benefited by someone who actually has a background in movement. I do think your idea is a good one. And- but the reason I abandoned the arrival idea, which I also thought of, because I think that's a very good relationship to think of, is because he um, he grounds things. Also, he's been able to reboot things in this world before, you know, in in a sci-fi world, and, like, did awesome stuff with it. But, like, if we want the Matrix to be distinctly different in perspective, you have to bring in some, someone with yeah, a different perspective like, than what's I, been done. The Matrix is different than other sci-fi movies. There have been like a million movies that talk about the world being a simulation since the Matrix co- came out, but yeah. it still stands apart from that because it is, I mean, visually and ideologically different. It and does, I think, I think but I do think musical. we need a sci-fi director. Step up three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm using this mic right. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Meredith on this one. Really? really? Yeah. John M. Chuman. Just look out for him. Just look out for him. I mean, I've been looking out for him for like six years. Frank Oz. I love him. What if everybody is a puppet? Oh, yeah. Enjoy. <sighs> Let Why me talk about you... all the different times I've, I've recommended Frank Oz. I really like that we started this podcast and you invited both of us like we weren't going to bully you the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny of you. Uh, look. <laughs> Mistakes were made. Yeah. <laughs> we're not picking John M. Chu. I mean, look, John M. Chu is a thing, wonderful choreographer. Okay. I think that's po- great. It's your podcast. It's your if podcast you both book. think it should be John M. Chu, we're going to have to pick John yeah, M. Chu you if do I'm work with numbers. Yeah, you work with numbers so you know that two is more than one. Ah. Uh, I'm upset right now. I still right think now. it should be the witch. I gave you your writer. Are we really making this movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the stakes seem really high for Sam. All right. right Look. Do your Sam, I don't want you to be upset. I'm going to vote for you. Vote with you. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. I, wait, I'll vote for Sam to direct this movie. Yeah. Is that on the table? I Sam? can't I can't handle it. <laughs> I vote for Trevor. Yeah, Trevor <laughs> seems very capable. Trevor could do it. He laughed at my one joke. I'm all for Trevor. <laughs> you're the, you're the, yours, the, yours is the one joke that actually caused him to break so he could hear on the show. Um, let's let's do a walkthrough of who we've got. Okay. So for Neo, we have Mackenzie Davis. Mm-hmm, for Trinity, nice. we have Jamie Alexander. For Morpheus, we have Allison Janney, which yeah. I just want to see Allison Janney in a fight scene. Hell is that yeah. so, so wrong? No, I want so that right. so much. I want it so, so much. Good. And then for Agent Smith, we have Ross Marquand. For The Oracle, we have Selma Hayek. For Cypher, we have Kristen Ritter. For Tank, we have Karen Sony. For Dozer, we have Elodie Young. For APOC, we have the other Sprouse. For Switch, we have (laughs) Cole Sprouse. Right, Dylan. Dylan. Sure. Uh, It's not important. He's the other Sprouse. Uh, For Mouse, we have Letitia Wright. Letitia Wright. Letitia Wright. 
Uh, but for Apoc and Switch, when they're inside the <laughs> Matrix, they're The Rock and Gwendolyn Christie. Christie, thank you. Uh, and then the woman in red is Ariana Grande. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then just a bunch of twins and triplets to play the rest of the extras in that scene because yeah. I love it. Yeah. Like there's so many like weird little things like everyone and all the extras in that are twins and yeah. then everything when you're in the Matrix is tinted green because it's green on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For our writer, we have Alex Garland and our director. Yeah, say it, say it out loud. It's John M. Chu. Yeah. Oh, baby. Would you guys watch this movie? Yes. I, yeah. I would watch the crap out of this movie. <laughs> John M. Chu's directing. I'm watching this movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now I sold you on it, right? You started yeah. off, you're like, I don't know how I feel about this. And yeah. So let's start with uh, Meredith. Mm-hmm. Meredith, what have you got to plug that you'd like people to follow you on on the internet, social oh. medias? What things going on are going M&Ms on in your life? Your face, <laughs> yeah, Tell us about M&Ms where we can get some of these sweet M&Ms. Uh, if you wanted to come to my bridal shower two weeks ago, you can get your own <laughs> M&Ms in my face. Uh, I'm on the Twitter. At big underscore mare, because I didn't know underscores weren't hip or something. You're great. Yeah, great. One uh, R or two. Mm-hmm. One R or One two. R. So M E R B I G underscore M E R. That's it. I'm gonna be following that. Follow, yeah. follow that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all I have to pitch. Pitch? Say about myself. That's great. Yeah, Thank great. you. Oh, I'm, I'm getting married, so you can wish me luck. Send me. Go on my registry. Where are you registered? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buy me gifts, man. All right, great. Angela, tell us about your life. What um, have you? What do you? Where do you want people to follow you? Tell us about your amazing podcast. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Angela M Weber. I have a podcast called Gosh Darn Fiasco. I have a web series called Caddy Bees. And I feel like I have a band called The Double Clicks. Mm, I don't they're care. They're amazing. Just look at all of those things and be impressed with me. And unfortunately, this is going up the Monday after. But you have a show that you host at... Uh, yeah, we have a monthly show every last Friday of the month at Geeky Tees in Burbank. Sam's been to it. I have. It's mm. great. I can't be there this time because I'll be out of town. And I'm really sad about it mm-hmm. because it's an awesome show at an amazing location and there's cats there are cats and music and comedy and songs yeah games and songs music and songs both of them I will definitely be attending this yeah I didn't know about it before okay if you're interested about in finding it more about me you can follow me on twitter at Sam Gash S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H you can follow the podcast on twitter uh, or facebook it's just at Ideal Remake and if you are interested in finding a copy of the movie I wrote, if you go to tournamentmovie.com, you can now purchase it for streaming or on Blu-ray. You can what? watch this movie that I wrote that got me into the Writers Guild. And oh, it's super great. Oh, you're very talented. I'm very excited to see you. I did one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just take the compliments, Sam. <laughs> no. You can't make me. Uh, great. So thank you both very much for being guests in this. Of course. Dance-filled episode of High Teal Remake. You're so mad. I'm I can't so believe mad. I made it happen. But this it's, is the best but it's happened. It re- it's real. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all very much for listening. And remember, we know kung fu. <laughs> <laughs>